Hey guys, and welcome back to the Health Terminal Podcast. This is your host, Josh Blay, and today we got a little bit of a treat. Uh, I'm talking to a good friend of mine, Chris Lindsay. Uh, Chris has actually just started uh, physique competition prep and getting ready to uh, compete in October. Uh, so we're going to be talking to him about uh, kind of uh, how he got into the game, uh, nutrition, uh, kind of how his prep's going so far, and all of that. Uh, it's going to be quite interesting for me because I've really looked into uh, competing in the past, and maybe Chris will change my mind and get me going on that. So without further ado, I'll uh, introduce Chris to you. He'll kind of talk a little bit about himself, and then... Uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So, hey, Chris, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. How How's it going, Chris? It's going good. How about you? Not too bad. So uh, just uh, how about you introduce yourself to uh, kind of the audience and uh, let everybody know uh, what you've been up to for the past uh, little while, I guess. Sure. So my name is Chris Lindsay, and I am 26 years old currently. Uh, I'm a double graduate from the University of Alberta. And I'm also currently pursuing a professional professional designation in uh, finance. A little bit awesome. of just, uh, as Josh said, I'm competing. So I'm five foot eleven, which will probably put me in the men's physique C class, and it just goes by height. And then currently I weigh in at 174 pounds, uh, probably about 10 pounds over my stage weight, uh, what I what we expect it to be. Uh, a little bit about how I got into fitness overall and then uh, just about my past a little bit. So I've always been a really athletic person and active, playing competitive hockey as well as a roller hockey. And when I was around 13 years old, I got into weightlifting through uh, the friends I had in high school. They were all football players, so I always go in and uh, work out with them. At the time, I was just a young kid, right? So as I'd go in, I'd train arms, I'd train chest, shoulders, and all that. And I'd never really do legs, just had no interest in it at all. Chest and biceps, right? Always chest and biceps every day. <laughs> um, I really loved being in the gym, even at that age. Uh, however, after I did graduate from high school, I kind of went straight into university and really fell off the wagon uh, for working out. Took probably a year and a half before I got back into it again. And then once I got back into it again, it was I worked out with my friends who played football at the university and things like that, focusing on a different body part every day. Um, and for the last eight years, I've, eight or nine years actually, I've really just uh, day, day in, day out been in the gym. Obviously a few months here and there off to travel, do things like that where it really just wasn't plausible to be training all the time. Right, right. Yeah, and then... As always happens, like life sort of interferes. And when I graduated from the School of Business in 2015, I moved down to Dallas. And it was really a shock moving down there. Their culture is completely different. Um, people don't go to the gym all the time. It's more of a let's go out and eat, let's go out drinking, things like that. And it really got me out of the game of working out. Mm -hmm. It really changed uh, the lifestyle I was living. So when I moved back here into Calgary last November, I wasn't really in the best shape of my life. Mm-hmm. And I decide I really need to do something about that again. Awesome. So kind of competing has been like your way of hitting your, uh, your pinnacle. You want to uh, pursue it and getting to your best at a certain point in time. Is that kind of what you're going for, I guess? Yeah, exactly. It really gives me something else to work towards. Like I've always been super into working out and things like that, but 
every once in a while you need something else to really kick you into gear and get you going. Once I moved back from Texas, I really got myself back in shape. To, uh, in the spring, I was doing really well. I went to Mexico with a bunch of friends. And right. it's important like, for everyone listening that all of my friends are in really good shape as well. A lot of them are national level competitors. They compete in either bodybuilding or physique or the girls in bikini. Yeah. And seeing that, I really know, uh, or I have a better idea of what it's going to take going into this. Right. It's something you should really research going in. Uh, talk to people who have done it because you have to be in the right mindset to go in from the start. Awesome. So you decided, I guess, to compete in, uh, is it October? Yeah, it's October 8th up in Edmonton. Okay, p- cool. So what was kind of like the driver? This is like, th- this was like, I'm hitting October. What was kind of the decision that, uh, or what the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess, in hitting October as this is the show date, let's do it. Yeah, there's a few things I think that really contributed to that. Um, Muscle Beach is the biggest um qualifying show so before the provincial level in alberta Mm -hmm. each category typically has 20 25 athletes in it so it's really big really competitive so i really like that about it yeah uh in addition i it's a for me personally it's a good time like a lot of people will say well what are you going to do with your summer and things like that and i've kind of moved out of the going out and partying phase of my life like don't get me wrong i still go out uh, quite a bit with my friends or whatever. Like, Still enjoy life, right? Exactly. Last yeah. weekend was uh, Stampede. I was out both nights. Yep. I just, I DD for my friends and go out, have a sugar-free Red Bull instead of drinking or, yeah. and I have just as good of a time as everyone else. It's all how you look at it going in. Mm-hmm. I'm um, definitely kind of that way as well. Sorry to interrupt that. Oh, no, no. Yeah, that, no, yeah. just kind of that, uh, like, you can still have fun without drinking. You can just obviously go out and socialize with people. And that's definitely, well, the stampede is, uh, <laughs> that's a bit of a temptation, I guess. But that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I really did want to compete last year before I moved. Um, one of the big things for me competing is obviously you're going to have a coach and be on a team up in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. There's some really good teams. Same with down here in Calgary. And around, oh, I'd say March, early April, I met a couple of coaches that work at the Good Life Fitness that I go to here, which is full of a lot of people that compete. And I was talking to them and they just, their coaching style is exactly what I was looking for. Um, I get along with them really well. They they're really good for guidance. Whenever you need something, they respond instantly. Right. Uh, a little bit of a smaller team, which I like as well. Plus, being local is huge for me. Um, I have a good friend who coaches in Edmonton, and his athletes win consistently. But I want a local coach. Well, can, they can be right there next to you, kind of watching your prep and like in there in the trenches with you throughout the entire prep right like, no exactly they're, and they're like don't get me wrong they're amazing coaches they're both competing national level coming up uh actually this coming saturday they compete so yeah awesome. like they know what they're doing they have athletes that win too it all comes down to finding a coach with the credentials that you get along with that's close uh okay. to where your proximity obviously you're posing and everything like that's huge for competing to be able to showcase your physique and you want to have someone there who can show you, point out the little things you need to do a little bit better um, as you go in. Gotcha. Okay. So we kind of talked a little about about like the nutrition and stuff. We'll get into that. But uh, how has your prep been so far, I guess? Yeah. Um, I'd say for me, it's been really easy so far. Like I'm only four and a half weeks in mm-hmm. and my girlfriend's prepping at the same time for the same show. 
and she's had changes to her plan and things like that. And there's a difference. There's a huge difference between males and females for the prep. Um, the coaches want to see different things. Judges want to see different things. So plans change differently for everyone. Yep. Um, it all comes down to actually following your coach's plan and trusting in the actual process. Um, a little bit about prep just for anyone who doesn't know. It's not really part of the typical fitness industry until you get into competing. Right. Prep is just the um, time frame, whether it's 16 weeks, 20 weeks. Those are the longer ones. Some people do eight weeks where you're actually eating consistently um, with a specific mindset of leaning out and then cutting water weight and moving into show in a dry conditioned, uh, with that dry conditioned look where your muscles are all defined. Um, like I said, mine's been super easy, but uh, and so far I've spent the first week in Vancouver on vacation. Um, just prep meals wherever we're going, whether it's horseback riding, hiking, whichever it is. Uh, for anyone who does want to get into a competition, I definitely recommend getting some kind of cooler. I personally have a six-pack fitness bag. Uh, there's Fitmark. There's tons of other ones. And they just let you – they come with containers. <clears throat> excuse me. And they let you really transport your food around easily and make sure you stay on track. Right. So you can also portion <laughs> it out. I've seen that they have like those little containers inside the bag, which – uh, you can portion out everything and you're pretty much good to go for the entire day, which is awesome. Uh, go, go yeah, ahead, no, you're exactly right. Uh, mine carries five meals. Some carry three for some of the ladies out there. They have these really, uh, six pack fitness has these really nice purse bags that are a little bit more professional <laughs> that you, you can take. Nice. And like, personally, I just carry my cooler everywhere I go. No one really says anything anymore cause they get used to it. No shame, right? <laughs> no, exactly. You gotta do uh, what you gotta do to to meet whatever goals you have set for yourself. But sometimes yeah. you do want to, especially the, the girls, they'll want to carry around something that's maybe a little cuter. Whereas me as a guy, I just don't care. Exactly. As long as I have my food, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. A little th thing I'll touch on about prep too is that for those people that are really just kind of looking to lose weight that read the site, like you you said 16 to 20 weeks, that's like four to five months, right? So I, I have a lot of people that ask me about losing weight and they're they're worried about like crash dieting right and they're just like well i need to have this happen now but to get into the best shape of your life it takes time right and that's something that uh kind of struck a chord with me when you said it too is that it takes 16 20 sometimes 24 weeks depending on the person and their genetics mm -hmm. obviously right no you're 100 percent correct i'm not a huge fan of crash dieting personally. Obviously, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. Um, say you have like, you got a call, you got a free photo shoot or something like that where someone wants to shoot you, you'll do a two-week crash diet, but it's really not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And it, it's actually really hard on your body. You'll suck all the, the carbs out of your body. You'll cut your fats. Um, you'll find you're tired. Uh, your body just doesn't have time to adapt where it would if you take the longer, like if, and you said people ask you just about um like, standard weight loss yeah that's something almost a little it is something completely different from prep because you're looking for something sustainable over the long run where i see i've seen people they'll prep they'll lose their 20 pounds in however many weeks they do yeah but as soon as the show is done a lot of what people don't realize is a ton of that is water weight especially close to the end and then they'll go out and they'll put eat eat a bunch of food and they'll put on 20 pounds in 24 hours <laughs> so they look great for those those five minutes on stage, and that's really what I want to avoid as well. And Kayla, my girlfriend, she has this goal, which is a lot more sustainable for 
her that she wants to go go no more than six pounds over stage weight when she finishes this prep. Right. Okay. So yeah, a lot more sustainable then, right? Well, exactly. And as a competitor where you're just dieting for that one specific day, um, that's a little different than the weight the like the weight loss like that I did when I got back from the States where it was over probably a span of beginning of December till the end of April. Right. And I only lost uh, maybe five or six pounds that whole time. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so a little bit about nutrition, I guess. Like, how is uh, how is your day <clears throat> planned out? Like, I know we were talking a little bit about uh, carb backloading and stuff like that. Obviously, some complicated stuff, but kind of how is your uh, diet looking day to day? Yes, definitely. So right now, um, I'll just tell you a little bit first about how my coaches have worked with me. So basically, they'll give they give me my meal plan and I get a breakfast that's set out. I can obviously sub out some of the, the carb. I'll do sweet potatoes or I'll do oatmeal or whichever it is. Um, but they give me what they call an equivalency, equivalency chart. It's just an Excel sheet. And on it, there's um, like a carb page. There's a protein page. There's a fat page. There's a veggie fit page. And each one of them has all the different things that I can have. And there's actually seven or eight options for each one. So it's not like I'm really limited to what I can eat overall, but it's all clean food. Like the carbs will be oatmeal or rice, um, sweet potatoes, normal potatoes, excuse me, but I can really sub those out. And then, so the overall diet is the morning I'll wake up, I'll have five whole eggs, uh, just under a cup of oatmeal or a cup of, uh, sweet potatoes. I'll stop you just right there just for a second, because that's that's a shit ton of food, guys. <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually like uh, a cup of oatmeal dry measure is 60 grams of carbs. So I'll probably I'll go just under that and have actually 50 grams of carbs in the morning, mm-hmm. which I challenge you if you think it's not that much to fry up five whole eggs. I scramble mine all the time. It's just easier. Yeah. And then do just under a cup of oatmeal, microwave that. And then do a hundred and or I do uh, seven point two ounces of berries, and then try and eat all that and let me know how you feel for yeah, a little no bit. No kidding. <laughs> I remember sometimes when I was well, this was back in the day when I was like bulking up to like two oh five, but th- that's almost like what I was eating to bulk, and you're using yep. it to to cut down, which is insane. You can eat so much more uh, healthy food than you would expect, and that's pretty crazy. I'll let you continue with your diet though. That's awesome. Yeah, no, you're you hit it dead on there. It's all about having the healthy food, the way your body processes it, like um not having any sh- like bad sugars in the morning, no processed foods, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things I do use is a lot of Walden Farms. It's just uh it's a fat-free, sugar-free, like gluten-free. There's basically nothing in it besides flavoring. And you can put it on your oatmeal, things like that. And then I also use reduced or no sugar added ketchup just to keep my sugar content down. I find that really helps me personally. Mm-hmm. But don't think you have to be limited. Like uh, you can have salsa on your if you do like a sort of like a medley. You do sweet potatoes and eggs. Put salsa on it if you want to. Just try, watch your portioning, things like that. It's all about portions. Yeah, you definitely don't have to be bored. That's uh, that's definitely for sure. No, not at all. And then uh, just kind of moving through the diet, meal two is a red meat. And again, there's six or seven different options. I typically go with just like a, a flank steak or something like that, really lean. 
and I'll do 5.8 ounces of that and three quarters of a cup of carbs. And then I also get um, vegetables with that meal. So again, a, a ton of food at meal two. Um, meals three and four are both uh, white meat, so chicken, white fish, uh, ground turkey, any of those, three quarters of a cup of carbs. And then meal four also gets uh, vegetables again. Meal five, once again, red meat, same amount of carbs. And then meal six is where it changes a little bit. I do two scoops of just an isolate protein yep. with around 20 almonds. Or if you really want, and I know a lot of people love peanut butter, uh, you can do two tablespoons or 30 grams of natural peanut butter. <laughs> I know that uh, a lot of girls love that peanut butter. It's like, yeah, and you just <laughs> one of the things to really watch with peanut butter. Um, my girlfriend's the exact same way. She looks at me like I'm crazy because I don't do peanut butter. Yeah. Um, Jif, if you ever are close to the border or if you can find it somewhere in Canada, they have a whipped peanut butter that actually has almost no carbs in it and no sugar. Jeez. But if you go to Costco, you always see like the big things of craft. Those really aren't that great. They have a lot of preservatives in them. They have a ton of carbs in them. And you should just, if you're really trying to lose weight, you should try and stay away from the processed peanut butters. Gotcha, gotcha. Don't get so, me wrong. Th those are my favorite ones. I love the taste of them, but they're just not uh, not great for losing weight at all. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so do you get uh, a cheat meal or cheat day or how do you do that? Yeah, so... That's actually just ended. The first four weeks of prep, we had just scheduled every Saturday night. You could have your cheat meal. Um, I found it wasn't too bad for me quite yet. Like, obviously, I'd want to have just something specific, whether it was nachos or whichever it was. But as of this week, I no longer have a scheduled cheat meal anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm really looking, my muscles are looking flat and depleted, and I, like, I, I can't get uh, the blood flowing to them well. The coaches will look at my pictures that I send them every Saturday morning, ask me how I'm feeling, and they'll say, okay, go out and either eat this or go out and have whatever you want. It's not exactly a great thing because it means your body isn't responding like it should and you need to pump it back up again. Right. But I'm sure uh, once I get closer into it, I'll be I'll be kind of hoping for one of those to happen so I can go out and have just a, some kind of greasy burger or something like that. <laughs> the, the little things, right? Exactly. Awesome. Uh, so just one more question about nutrition is, do they kind of plan on uh, tapering you off like kind of red meat? I know that a lot of bodybuilders, they'll go towards like fish and like really, really lean stuff getting into comp. Is that kind of uh, what they're looking at for you as well? Or Yeah, so... At the beginning, especially, I only do cardio uh, 20 minutes every other day in the morning. I do fasted cardio, which just means I haven't eaten yet. Mm -hmm. um, they'll increase my cardio before they really cut food just so I can try and keep growing. Right. Uh, increasing my muscle mass while just trying to lean out a little bit. Eventually, yeah, you're, you are correct. They will start cutting my carbs back quite a bit. Uh, my fats will be cut back. I'm sure I'll switch to one meal of red meat instead. Um, and then... There's peak week is the week right before the show. And what happens there is you'll do two or three days of depletion. So you'll have almost no carbs, almost no fats. And obviously this is something that you wouldn't do without a coach just for fun. This is only for competing. <laughs> just uh, for fun. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw my coach today and she was just like, I, she was not having fun in the gym at all. She just wanted to get done, but she's happy because the three days before the show, you actually get carbs added back in and you start to fill out again. Mm -hmm. and you really feel great at that point too. Right. Well, one thing that I think most people don't realize is that, uh, well, athletes that go on stage the day that they're in their show is 
where they're almost they look their best but they're almost at their weakest in regards to like if you wanted to lift a weight it would be freaking hard eh yeah 100 percent um definitely peak week is the the toughest time you actually cut your workouts out uh part way into with only three days left out of the show you don't work out anymore even really okay yeah that's, i actually didn't know that yeah that's something i just uh, learned pretty recently it just really helps your body recover and fill back out and repair everything that you've been destroying awesome cool well a little about working out i guess is what is your routine looking like uh currently yeah so i've always kind of done one body part each day of the week um currently i do legs monday and then uh Tuesday, so today was back day, uh, arms Wednesday, Thursday's chest, Friday's kind of a full body day. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, um, where I do three leg exercises, calves, um, an Arnold press, some shrugs, and then just uh, one row from one set of rows for my back. And then Saturday is my shoulder day itself, and Sunday's a rest day. So, okay. and then. Within each of those, so they break it up like weeks one, this current week five, and then they'll they'll update my plan as I go go on. Their strength weeks, and then the other ones have different variations of working out. So you do tempo something with like a four second negative, a pause and a squeeze, and then uh, an explosive movement or volume sets. Uh, really, just trying to confuse the muscle, get as much blood into it as possible so it grows. Yeah, so definitely like still changing it up throughout the entire process, eh? Exactly, and obviously the way I'd be working out would be different from the way you're working out because you're trying to rebuild your strength in your back and things like that. So you'd be doing um more deadlifts, things like that. I actually currently I don't squat, I don't, and I don't deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do I do leg press, which it honestly it destroys my legs. Um, and then lots of rowing and lots of lat work on my back so I can get the V look when they're looking at me from behind. Right. Okay. So you're, you're still kind of doing like an even amount of compound exercises and isolation as well, or is it kind of more, a little bit more targeted towards like hitting that isolation now, kind of fixing the areas that we want to get, uh, obviously, uh, improved is how is that Uh, going? Yeah, it's. I'd say you're. You're. It's more towards isolation now. Like obviously, I have my bent over barbell rows, barbell rows, which is more of a compound movement than isolation movement, things like that. But your big three, um, your bench, your deadlift, and your squat, I don't currently do, and I love to deadlift and squat. I don't like the bench just so much as I find. Um, overall, I'm not a very thick guy, so I have to bring it down really, really far in order to to touch my chest and get it done. And I love the full range of motion. I don't. I don't lift if it's not full range of motion because yeah. um, you'd know this too just from trying to repair to to get back in better shape after your accident that if you don't have the full range of motion, all of a sudden maybe the top part of your lift will be way stronger and you'll have nothing at the bottom, which is technically your weakest part. So you're just um, really un- making your body even more unbalanced. Yeah. For me, it was like squatting. I didn't squat for almost a year and a half until I could hit that full range of motion, like body weight. (laughs) So it was like, yeah, it was, it was definitely focusing on hitting that full range of motion because I was obviously Olympic lifting before too. And I know that the hitting your pretty much your ass to your calves is where you need to be in the squat. Right. So, uh, I was not content with just going to just above parallel or anything like that. So, no, um, exactly. Cool. So, uh, 
anything else you want to talk about with regards to training, I guess? Uh, I think you just hit one of the most important pieces of it right square that always focus on your form first. Uh, like personally, I'm, cause I'm not, I'm not really that tall of a guy. Like you're quite a bit taller than I am. I used to squat really, really heavy and I'd hit parallel, but it's still, it's not as good as having perfect form going all the way down, even pausing and coming back up. Sure. It's fun every once in a while to see how much you can do and all that, but form is really, um, the most important part of any lift. One of the things that you'll see quite a bit from a lot of the pros is not to ego lift, not to just lift as much weight as you can, right? Awesome. It, yeah, it doesn't matter how much the person next to you is lifting. It matters uh, how you're lifting, what you're lifting. Yeah, I'm really glad we hit on that too because that's one of the points that I uh, I make in some of my articles is really that the weight is just the tool. Like the weight is, I could get bigger biceps simply by flexing them and holding a contraction without any weight, but it's that weight that helps me in as a tool. It's not like I need to be uh, throwing around weight. And I think that's one of the issues that I see a lot in the gym is that uh, momentum comes into play in that people are swinging weights or just dropping weights and stuff like that. And they, they miss the benefit of the full uh, muscle contraction, right? Exactly. That's 100% correct. Um, two things on that. One, for your, your point on contracting your muscles, uh, Arnold has a few different to documentaries and things like that where he he actually goes in through and he says like every session after weightlifting he'd stand there and for probably 25 minutes half an hour whatever he'd work out he'd stand there and he would contract the muscle flex it pose with it and he really found that that really helped him to grow that muscle as well that connection from the mind to the muscle and just thinking about it in that manner awesome yeah and then Actually, I don't remember the other part of what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Yeah, that's definitely something that I've been focusing on, especially over the last like six months to a year, is really the contraction. I'm seeing the results in that uh, my my arms were absolutely terrible and that they're starting to come up just because that I'm really focusing on contracting the muscle. I'm not worried about... Uh, am I curling 50 today? Like, that's not what I worried about anymore, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I don't think I even break 30s anymore for curling. It's just, it's, it's not useful to me personally. Of course, every once in a while, um, I'll go in with one of my buddies that competes and we'll do a really heavy day and say for our last set, we want to make sure we get it out. We'll, and we're doing a barbell curl. We'll use a tiny bit of momentum, but it won't be like a whole body flail to get it up there. Gotcha. Yeah, there's actually a video on YouTube for you guys to go check out that uh, Kai Green, who's one of the best bodybuilders in the world, he uh, he's helping a guy out with his form and the guy's like swinging around 40 pounds and Kai Green's like literally this guy who's like 250 pounds at competition. I don't know. Don't quote yeah. me on that. But, <laughs> and he's he's curling like the same weight just with proper form. So take a look at that video. It's really interesting. Um, something else we were going to talk about is kind of carbohydrate tolerance and cycling. Cause I know, uh, me and you, we were talking a little bit and that we are quite carb, uh, sensitive people. And that, um, when we were, when you were looking for a coach, excuse me, that you really had to focus on the, the timing of carbs 
and not just eating for macros, for example, you really had to focus on uh, your carbohydrates, I guess. So let's touch on that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I know we we talked about that a little bit before, uh, just me and you, but there's so many different types of dieting with your carbs. Uh, Keto, so like really low carbs, carb backloading where you have uh, protein and fats in the morning and then protein and carbs at night. Um, Currently right now, as we kind of went through with my diet earlier, I'm doing carbs pretty much all day. Um, For Every person, it, it's there's going to be something that works great with their body type. Uh, there's so many different methods. Nothing's really right. Nothing's really wrong. It all depends on using it correctly and finding out what really works for you. So re- research whatever they are. Like a lot of people, they find they wake up in the morning and they have to have so like they have to have cereal, they have to have oatmeal or whatever it is, and that's completely fine. Just make sure you try and keep your fats down with that or. Whatever diet you're doing, just make sure you're following it like it's supposed to be. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's one thing that I've also uh, talked about previously is that combining carbs and fats is really a recipe for disaster too, right? In that if you try to eat them together, and especially in like uh, stuff like donuts, for example, that's like... You're, it's an insulin bomb is what we call it pretty much, right? Yeah, exactly. Because with that donut, you have so much sugar as well. Because um, for each like each of the different types of macros, so your fats, your carbs, and your proteins, they all get digested at different rates. So the quickest digesting ones are obviously your sugars, your cellulose, and all that that you'll get from fruit. And it goes down the line. And basically, if you have all of them at once, it'll store the ones you're not using as either fat or muscle. So protein will obviously get stored mostly as muscle, but if you have carbs and fats, they're going to be stored uh, as a fatty tissue instead or in a fatty tissue. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you actually talked about carb backloading for me and I actually started doing it just a couple weeks ago and I, I, I'm quite enjoying it, like eating the kind of like the eggs and bacon in the morning and then going for the higher carb meal before the workout and after the workout and then I, I kind of taper off into the evening, but I've definitely seen like my strength in the gym is not any different than it was previously. In fact, it's probably going up a little bit, but uh, I'm also not getting fatter, which is always a plus, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is always a plus, yeah. I'll, I'll probably be releasing an article on that just because it's uh, something that's been super interesting and you you actually brought it to my attention. So Yeah, uh, and awesome. I I'm like you. I love carb backloading. It does take a tiny bit to get used to just because it is a change to your routine. Yeah. But I found it really helped me lean out well. Um, Again, my energy was completely fine and I was doing cardio in the mornings as well. Uh, It was, I just all around really liked it. Then it worked for me. It's working for you. Um, Maybe some of the, the people listening will do some research research into it, uh, talk to their friends, talk to their coaches, whoever, and just uh, ask them about it, gain a little more knowledge and decide they want to try it. Awesome. Sounds good. So something cool that uh, Chris and I are going to be collaborating on is we're going to be releasing kind of an article into Chris's prep and how he's going uh, throughout the next, uh, what is it, 16 weeks? Uh, yes, yeah, so there's about 11 and a half left. I was told weeks, okay. out last Saturday. Okay, gotcha. So we'll be releasing kind of an article, and uh, I'll be getting Chris on the show to kind of talk about how his prep is going, uh, how he's feeling, getting closer to the show, and then uh, we might do one right after the show and see how uh, see how he did. 
Yeah, that'd be great. And I also uh, sent Josh in just the pictures. So those people listening, you can look at the article and you can see how the progress actually happens. And you'll see that it's not an overnight process by any means. Uh, I've definitely leaned out quite a bit, put on some size, but it's it hasn't been the snap of the fingers. The current pictures so far are 15 weeks out and 12 weeks out, so a three-week gap in there. And then maybe um, every two weeks, uh, maybe a little more often going into the show itself, just so you can really, everyone can keep up on the progress and see that, like, hey, this is what goes into it. Maybe I want to do this. Um, and it'll show, it shows you what's attainable uh, by following the plan and really sticking to the goals that you've set. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely not an overnight thing. Like that, the, <clears throat> the pictures you're going to see, some of them are going to be like a month difference and then some of them are going to be weeks difference. And you'll be like, wow, like it does take time, but it's it's definitely worth it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And if like that's your goal to compete, it's really anyone can do it. Um, there are other shows besides Muscle Beach. It is a huge show. It's pretty intimidating to go into for your to my first one. Even for me with so many people I know competing and I know I'm going to have a ton of support out there. Uh, it's still intimidating to go into just because there are people that have competed before. Like I am definitely know I'm not going to be the biggest dude on stage, but I'm okay with that. It all comes down to bringing a conditioned package that uh, showcases what the judges are looking for. Exactly. Bringing your best and just uh, seeing what it takes, right? Exactly. Awesome. So, uh, anything else that you wanted to touch on in this podcast, I guess, with me, Chris? Yeah, there's just a few things. So just for everyone listening, like fitness for me has always been either about sports and then moving into more of a competitive, uh, working my physique towards competing, but fitness for every single person is different whether it's you want to go play with be able to play with your kids for a few hours every day and not get winded or you want to do a triathlon a marathon whatever it is uh, no one can really tell you that your view on fitness is incorrect because it all comes down to what you want um in addition to that everyone has different goals whether you want to compete you want to be shredded year-round like you want to just build mass uh, whatever it is set your goals set Weekly goals, monthly goals, maybe a goal for a year and then a goal for a couple years, things like that. Five-year plan. If you want to run a marathon and you know you don't have the time right now, say, tell yourself, five years from now, I want to be able to run a marathon. And then, but in two and a half years from now, I want to be able to do half marathon, things like that. It gives you goals that are really attainable. Awesome. Yeah, um, definitely goals are like one of the most important things when it comes to fitness. Sorry about that. I'll let you continue. No, exactly. And like I know when we were talking, one of your goals was to get back to deadlifting and to work your weights back up, which like the doctors told you you'd never be able to do this. But you started slow. You set your goals that I want to be able to do my form and then I want to slowly add weight. And it's worked great for you and you've made huge gains. Yeah, hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the other side of it also – fitness really is it becomes a lifestyle like and that's not to like sound condescending or anything but once you get into it you'll people you'll find that you have more energy you love it uh it really does become a part of who you are and you'll wake up in the morning maybe it's a week and you'll be like hey i get to go to the gym today this is gonna be great and then you'll wake up you'll go to the gym you'll have so much energy throughout the day things like that but on the flip side of that like it is a personal choice that you make, so, and you should never push your lifestyle choices onto someone else. 
<clears throat> I know a lot of people in the fitness industry, especially the ones that kind of do it for the fame or whatever, they really push their lifestyle and promote it and promote it and promote it. And what really matters for fitness is that you're trying to better yourself and live healthy. And other than that, it shouldn't matter what other people are doing. Um, if someone doesn't want to do it themselves, the first sign of adversity to it, it, their drive will completely disappear. So it's not a solid foundation to build on. And that kind of goes the same for any dietary choices you make or lifestyle choices. Uh, I know people who live holistic, vegan, they do keto diets. Um, find what works for you. Obviously, you can tell your friends about it, like, hey, this is going great, this is good. But if they're not into, like, the vegan lifestyle or something like that, that's their choice. Try not to push it on them because I've seen people kind of ruin friendships that way where they just really push their views well, definitely. And also just because people's bodies are completely different too. So like wh- you and I are obviously a little bit similar in our, our car tolerance, but for me and I, I have a couple of buddies that literally can sit down, eat a pail of French fries and will just look better the next morning. Right. So you can't really, obviously different body types. You have to find out what works for you. Right. Exactly. Um, and on kind of continuing with that thought, um, don't be scared of sodium. I know a lot of people think just it's just sodium is bad. I actually consume 2,000 milligrams of sodium a day, around 500 milligrams for every liter of water. So that's quite a bit of sodium, but your body does need it in order to transport nutrients, things like that. And then continuing kind of with the sodium thought is everyone has different cravings. Like for me, I don't really crave sweets, but my girlfriend does. And it's not the end of the world to have that piece of candy or that piece of chocolate or whatever it is, as long as you use moderation, because moderation is really the key to life. It's and to maintaining that fit lifestyle where you don't go out and really gorge yourself on chocolate or something like that and then feel terrible about it. You have your one or two pieces, you satisfy that craving and then you're happy, you're good to go for another week and that's all you really needed. Damn right. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, I only had a couple more things about just stuff like that. So um, one of them that's huge, especially for for me, is and this kind of comes from like social media is don't judge yourself by other people's standards. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Remember, and you if you follow any of the the fitness companies at all, you'll probably see uh, some people getting called out recently. That Photoshop is out there for things like Instagram and these fitness models in quotations have been photoshopping the crap out of their pictures and then they get on stage to actually compete and they look terrible compared to their pictures. Just remember, (laughs) exactly, it is laughable. Just remember that whatever you think or whatever your goal is, try and attain that. Don't judge yourself by anyone else's standards. Yeah, and definitely, I kind of, this community, I've wanted to focus on like, really the good things. Cause I, I definitely, that's one thing that always pissed me off about the fitness industry is that, uh, there's the Photoshop exists and literally these physiques are completely unattainable, but they make you second guess yourself and feel bad about yourself sometimes too, just because you're looking at these people that, uh, well, you don't, you don't even know if this is possible. Right. So definitely I, I, I love that point in that kind of like, follow the people that are completely honest and transparent about what they do and how 
they are not really doing it for vanity's sake or for the money. They're doing it to inspire other people and to help people out. Cause that's definitely something that, uh, I'll, I'll probably be writing an article about in the future. Thanks for reminding me about yeah, that. No, <laughs> it, it. Yeah. Everyone you've seen it. You always see it. You'll see the girls doing, uh, filters, things like that. Like I honestly, I'll actually send Josh a few pictures um, just differently. The bathroom I have here has absolutely amazing lighting in it. It makes me look twice as good as I actually look, and I love it. But <laughs> it, it, we can just put up <clears throat> that picture beside one of the other ones, and without even filtering it at all, and you, everyone will be able to see like what lighting itself can do. Um, it's it's actually kind of crazy. There's some tricks to the trade for sure. Oh, there definitely are. Um, another thing that really is all encompassing it comes from the form it comes from making sure your body stays in balance with all the different muscle groups not neglecting them but remember posture is super super important especially once you start lifting weights otherwise you'll maybe get that slouch in your shoulders or the rounded back or something like that and as long as you have good posture you focus on it it really helps keep everything in line and um Honestly, good posture makes you look more confident, makes you look better overall. Awesome. So, um, Josh, are a lot of there's so I remember you saying a lot of um, the people you've been getting the messages about uh, losing weight or something like that. Uh, a lot of people are kind of looking where to start their journey. Yep. Yeah. So, for all you guys out there, and even the more experienced people, I know I still do it uh, either with my coaches or with other people in the gym who I see them doing something and I want to know, like, hey, I want to learn how to do that. Don't be afraid to ask someone for help in the gym or ask them what they're doing. Uh, most of the people in the gym are actually, like, really nice. If they have their headphones on, wait till they're done their set or whatever they're doing, but they'll be willing to help you out. Um, and just kind of on the other side of that, once you get to that, you'll find that having someone come up and ask you, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what's that work? How does this work? It it's kind of like an ego boost for you. It makes you feel good. So just imagine them getting that as well. And they'll be more than happy to show you, uh, maybe form on one exercise or give you just a tip on something else. I'll touch on that just briefly too, is that really everybody you'll meet in the gym, uh, no matter how scary they look is generally a pretty nice person is what I've noticed at least like, sure you have those, there's a couple douchebags, but I mean, honestly, man, like, 95% of people in the gym are like awesome people and are willing to help you because everybody started at some point, right? And they they know what it takes and it, they know what you're going through as well too. And they're willing to help you. So really just ask somebody because they'll be willing to help you. Exactly. Awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we uh, head out, Chris? No, I'm think that's I think that's about all I had for this time. Um, obviously, whoever, whoever's listening, if you have questions, send them in to Josh. Uh, we'd be more than happy to touch on them. Obviously, I'm not a registered dietitian. Um, I'm not a coach or anything like that. I have my years of experience. But if you have questions that either of us can't answer, uh, I'd be more than happy to ask my coaches things like that and get an answer for you. That would be awesome. And I'm definitely going to have Chris on the show uh, at least a few more times coming into his prep and uh, into the show. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what, uh, what you bring come October. Oh, thanks. I'm looking forward to it too.
Awesome. So we'll definitely talk to Chris soon. And uh, as Chris said, fire your questions in and uh, we'll continue this podcast uh, with him probably, uh, I don't know, a month or so from now. eh? Yeah, that sounds perfect. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon, Chris. Bye. Bye now.